What up, everybody, and welcome to episode eight. I'm hyped today because you see the title pick? She's carrying, first, her name is Miss Lara Giltonen. I'm sorry I didn't say it however she wanted me to say it. I'm not Australian. She is, you can hear it from the first, <laughs> from the first thing she says. But she sent me that picture with her, her first season and carrying the eight, like this is just supposed to be. Funny thing, I almost split this into two episodes because she breaks it down as a waitress and then she breaks it down as a manager. But then she gets into talking about love and we get deep and it gets dope. So you guys will really enjoy this. This podcast was brought to you by absolutely no one. So do a brother a favor and share it. Like it, rate it, comment. You know the drill. Actually, while I have your attention... I'm trying to talk to people that I don't ordinarily talk to, obviously. I want to meet new people, hear new things. So if you want to chat, maybe you have some questions that I'm not asking. Maybe you got, I don't know. I don't even know. That's why I need you to hit me up and let me know, right? At stripped.lasvegas. That's the best way to do this damn thing. And as always, thank you for listening. There's a hundred listeners and I can't believe it. I'm hyped. I wish you guys could see me smiling. So thank you to my guests. Thank you to my listeners. Our audience is growing. Let's do this. Uh, Let me shut the fuck up. All right. Enjoy this. Peace. How do you say your last name? Giltonen. Giltonen. Damn it. (laughs) Okay. Miss Lara Giltonen. Lara. 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 <laughs> Does that ever get old? People just kind of saying Lara. No, I mean, it was, everyone in America just calls me Laura for the most part, unless they like really know me. And like people will be like, oh, oh, Lara, oh, we spell it with a U. And I'm like, no, that's literally a different name. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, there's, it's two different names. <laughs> Lara. <laughs> Lara. 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 See, I can't do it like that. I still can't do that. Lara. Yeah, I feel like Americans have a real, like, you guys actually struggle to say it. it but it's just like saying, if you guys were going to say car, it's the same. Car. Lara. Yeah. Lara. <laughs> what time is it where you're living? Uh, it is currently 10.48 in the morning. Um, <laughs> it's 5.48 p.m. in Los Angeles, but California. Right now, it's Wednesday here, but it's Tuesday night where you are. Oh shit! You're in the future. Yeah. Do we make it? We, uh, I mean, you know, coronavirus is still here, unfortunately. But <laughs> okay, because I feel like you never know. From day to day, there's wild shit happening. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lara, you are currently in Australia. Why would you be on a podcast about working in Las Vegas? <laughs> Good question. Did you work here? I did. I was supposed to come to Las Vegas for a one-year working holiday in 2013 and ended up staying for seven years. <laughs> and, uh, what? Yeah. They have working holidays? What does that even mean? Oh, um, yeah. So, I mean, that's <laughs> what we call it here. I guess you guys call it a work vacation or something. Um, you don't, whoa, 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 whoa. We're, we don't work on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think Las Vegas is all about? We vacation on vacation. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I guess... It's just like one of those, you know, the US and Australia have a visa exchange and it's all about like life experience. 
So the, the idea of a working holiday visa is that you go to another country and you get to work, but also just kind of like it's a cultural thing. You know, you get to check out living in another country and traveling around for, for a year. And that's pretty much what it's about. So that was my original Australia plan. gets one. Who's my friends with America? I was in the UK for a while and they seem to have beef with everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I mean, we're under the Commonwealth. So we, we have a, an agreement with them as well. Um, we have Canada. Like, I don't know which other countries you guys do it with, but everyone loves Australia. So obviously we were on the list. <laughs> Must be nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was really random, actually, because I grew up a pro tennis player and got injured uh, when I was like 18. So the next few years of my life was all about tennis. Jeez. I was the tournaments manager for our state tennis organization here. And, you know, after a couple of years doing that, I just missed because like being a tennis player, I would travel around the world all the time, like from the age of 14. And I just mm. really missed the traveling and like the excitement of my life. So my girlfriends and I all went on like a month's vacation to America in 2000 and I think it was 2011. And when we were over there, I was like, oh, my God, like, I need to travel. I'm so sick of just being in Sydney. I want to move to America and, you know, for a year and do a working holiday thing. So that's what kind of put the idea in my head. And originally I was thinking New York because I thought it would be easy for me to work for, you know, the U.S. Open Tennis or with the USTA there in some capacity. But um, Mm. then I went to Vegas and discovered pool parties (laughs) and it changed my life. and the rest is history. The rest is history, yeah. I literally just, because in Australia we have nothing like it. And for me, like, day drinking and pool parties are way more fun to me than nightclubs. And so I felt like I was in my element. <laughs> and then I found out that people actually, like, got paid decently to work at these places and just, like, walk around in a bikini and serve drinks. And to me that was just so strange but so amazing. <laughs> So that was it. Then I I moved home and I was like, I need to find a way to be able to do this. And so, and I had no idea about the industry. I barely ever drank alcohol, like being a tennis player. I didn't know anything. (laughs) Like if you said, hey, Lara, like what's Jack Daniels? I would have gone, um, it's some type of alcohol. Like I had no idea. So I had to kind of, um, you know, learn the basics myself. And I put myself on like, a really strict workout routine and because I knew I was like, okay, I have no experience. I don't know what I'm doing, but if I look good and my personality's good, someone's going to hire me. <laughs> so that was what I was going with. So that's what I did. Ding, ding. And then Nolan at the Palms took me under his wing. <laughs> you and me both. Yeah. He gave me my first shot. Oh, he did? Yes, ma'am. And uh, I just showed up to the callback. What, you didn't actually get Palms. invited? No, I didn't. <laughs> I To make a long, long story really, really short, I got hired at Encore Beach Club, failed the drug test for weed, and then oh. I didn't go to any other auditions. And all of the people I knew had gotten callbacks at the Palms. Oh. So I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to go. <laughs> There, what, what do I have to lose? I mean, the worst he can tell me is, hey, man, you have to go through the proper channels to do this. Yeah. But that's pretty ballsy. And then uh, I worked out. <laughs> to make a long story short, he gave me a shot. And I feel like he's happy he did. I feel like we both, I- I'm happy. Yeah, you were great. Shot. Of course you would have been happy. Woof. 
I worked really hard that summer to make sure he didn't look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so did I actually. Um, okay. So did I. <laughs> Cause so, right. Cause you, you came my second, my second year there was your first yeah, year. And I was on vacation in Vegas. I got introduced to Nolan and he gave me his business card. And I kind of said to him, like, how would I go about getting a job here? And he said, look, and, he, you know, he talked about the audition process. He said, the only thing coming from Australia is you'd have to organize your own visa. Obviously, I worked on that. So I emailed him a couple of times, like the months leading into auditions to try and get the dates. Because for me, it was hard at that time. The pools were like, they would advertise their dates like two weeks before auditions. And I was trying to fly over from the other side of the world and like, you know, figure it out. So <laughs> I was trying to find out the dates. And you know, a couple of times he just like ignored my email and then he actually responded to one um, once I guess they'd set the date. So I just remember going to the audition <laughs> and I saw him on the panel. I was a little nervous and then I'm looking on the panel and I saw him and I mean, you know, Nolan's personality. So I think that's why I find this story funny now when I look back at it. I saw him on panel <laughs> and all of a sudden I looked at him and I went, Nolan, I'm Lara. I'm the annoying Australian that's been emailing you. I'm finally here. And it, like, we all started laughing and it was great because it like really relaxed me. <laughs> and then the interview from there, Perfect. it was like, it was awesome. It was really funny. <laughs> it's me. It's me. I'm here. And then you were hired. Yeah. And then I got hired and I had the, I like Palms was awesome. I know I heard your podcast, um, last week with one of the marquee girls and you were saying like you loved working at marquee but palms as well and it was really uh-huh. as a first you know I, especially for me not knowing anything about the industry I think it was the place for me to start because I mean our team was so awesome everyone was so helpful and I just loved the vibe there it was really great yeah I think it taught me everything they taught me everything yeah. nine group nine steakhouse I mean I felt the most lucky to have that job that year for sure when i mentioned the palms i'm always like grateful i didn't have as much fun because i wasn't as comfortable you couldn't be as comfortable (laughs) right you know yeah i mean what are you doing i used to i had a great time and but i I know it's different for me because i came from like having a corporate job in australia to walking around the bikini so why wouldn't i have fun (laughs) that's true i had fun all the time but yeah as soon as nolan walked on the deck as much as we all loved him it was like (gasps) it was like stress level 100 (laughs) straighten up (laughs) well yeah you want to do a good job because he will work hard i've had several managers and to their credit most of the gms when it's hot and nobody wants to do shit they will pick shit up off the ground they will run buckets out all kind of stuff that you wouldn't think that they have to do they should not have to do They'll do it. So, like, when you see Nolan on the deck, it's like, oh, shit. If he sees something, he's yeah, going to do exactly. it. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. You just, I just, like, took off on that. But I love the Palms, too. The old yeah. Palms. The Palms. I did two years at the Palms as well. And then I – so, for me, when I was on vacation, like, my at that time, my favorite two pools were Palms because I'd gone to Ditch Fridays and then Rehab because that's just my vibe. So – I was fortunate enough after my two years at Palms, uh, I went to rehab auditions and I think I'd auditioned the two years prior as well and not got hired. And so the third time was, you know, lucky. And rehab was like, it was almost like the same kind of vibe as Palms, but just bigger. 
you know, like that same staff camaraderie really? and friendship and like family feel, but like times three. Yeah. Whoa. But for me, I just remember when I got the call that I got accepted at rehab, I literally, <laughs> my roommate at the time, we were in the kitchen and I got the call and I screamed out loud and I started like twerking in the kitchen because I was so happy. Because <laughs> like, I just remember being a tourist there and just having the like this is the best day of my life and then all of a sudden I'm like oh my god I'm gonna work there it was just so surreal can you explain rehab yeah um so rehab like the venue or like more of the experience well for the people listening who might not know what rehab is where it is or the experience rehab was really like the original Vegas pool party um it was it had the tv show on was it channel v or mtv mtv gotta be or something yeah something like that um so it was kind of the the original one and it was very heavily like hip hop based. So, you know, <laughs> the crowd could get a little ratchet, but it was just so fun. Like the vibe there was, I don't know, everyone just came in and had a really good time. It wasn't pretentious. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just so many people I knew just loved coming to rehab just because of the vibe that we had there. The originators. Originators, yeah. Um, so the year that I started there was 2015 and <laughs> I think it was Memorial, it must've been Memorial day weekend. We had Ludacris and Justin Bieber and it was super busy, but oh, shit. The, when we had Ludacris that weekend is there was a, like a fight in the crowd that it went viral in social media. And that was like a very, I saw that Yeah, it was a bad day for rehab just because it got, because of social media, by the time we closed the pool, it, you know, it had happened at about four thirty, five o'clock. It already had like half a million views on Facebook alone. By yeah. six? It was, <laughs> yeah, it, we really got hammered in the media for it. Um, so unfortunately, after that happened, we did have to lie low a little bit in terms of getting that really like crazy talent. But, you know, we still still did pretty well. So it was good. The two years I served there, I, you know, I adored. They were probably, well, I did two years serving and two years managing, and I I would have to say that for sure, like those four years were the best four years of my life. Oh, yeah. that's cool. See, I didn't go to rehab enough. I mean, once you start working into these places, um, well, it's hard to go because you're like working weekends, you know. When yeah, exactly. You don't really get the opportunity to go see anybody during the weekend because you're usually exactly. trying to yeah. work. Now. What made you become a manager from being a cocktail waitress was usually that's a pay cut, isn't it? <laughs> um, okay. So for me personally, like I said, like for me, the whole Vegas cocktail service thing was supposed to be a, just a fun one year working holiday. Um, I was not meant to stay there as long as I did. So I moved to Vegas really late too. I was, I just turned 27 or like the week before I turned 27 is when I actually moved to Vegas. 27 plusers. Yeah. So I was already like, <laughs> I mean, I felt young, but I was already kind of, you know, there. So but after four years of serving, just for me personally, I was like, you know what? Like, I feel like I'm not getting anything out of this anymore. I want to just use my brain a little more and just kind of have more authority and um, pressure on me. And I think also for me at 30, and I mean, look, I don't, and I totally understand everyone cocktailing as long as they can. But for me personally, I was like, I don't want to be walking around in a bikini for work now. 
it was just like a mental thing I had with turning 30. (laughs) Um, I I, I was planning on moving back to Australia at that point. And our director at rehab, Joe, Joe Bravo, he said to me, he's like, I don't want you to go. Like, I love having you here. I'm going to think of something. And I'd kind of laugh at him. Like, okay, Joe. So towards the end of the season, (laughs) I think it was like two months before the end. He said to me, he's like, look, I think you'd be a really great cocktail supervisor and I have the position open right now and what I'd really love is for you to do it just for the last two months of this season to see if you like it and then if you like it, come back and do it next year. So I was like, okay, and I definitely thought that that is something I would enjoy doing. Um, So I stepped into that role and I just loved it. Like I loved doing that as much as I loved serving when I started. So it was a no-brainer for me to come back the next season and keep doing it. What's the biggest difference between uh, management and serving? Um, I guess as a manager, obviously you're not serving tables, so that's the biggest difference. But for me, it was just really important. I know, I mean, you'll probably agree. For me, if you have respect for your manager and you have a good relationship with your manager and they lead instead of kind of boss you around, I think it just – it makes your life as a server or a busser or whatever a lot, you know, you enjoy coming to work for those kind of managers. And so for me, I really loved stepping up into that manager role, having come off the floor because I knew certain things that bugged the girls that I could try and make better for them. And so I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I loved doing their scheduling and stuff. So to make it, you know, just it's different being a manager through the eyes when you've been a cocktail server um, as opposed to, you know, maybe a manager that like a guy that's never served before or something like that, trying to do certain aspects of that role. It's just, I don't know. I feel like it was a really good thing to have come off the floor and then stepped into it. Wow. And you were managing at rehab for a yeah, couple I of did, years, right? Uh, two years. Um, obviously we got bought out by Virgin. So they bought the hotel at the start of, was at the start of 2018 virgin bought the hard rock so we finished out that season and then that was it that was the closing of rehab um forever so that was kind of sad but i was like really lucky i like to be part of it that kind of milestone um and then i was really fortunate i got a call from one of my old palms bosses steve sagan who was working over at flamingo go pool and asked if I would like to go and interview over there for a management spot. And Steve and I, we always worked really well together at the Palms. He kind of leaned on me a little bit at that time as a cocktail lead. And um, he'd been trying to get me over at Flamingo for a while. And I actually really liked Flamingo Pool, but I loved rehab so much that, you know, I just didn't want to leave. So the timing was right when rehab closed. So. I went over and I met with Steve and the director and, you know, he had a good chat about everything. And again, at that point when rehab closed, I was thinking of moving back to Australia. And then when this offer came through from Flamingo, it was just a no brainer. I was like, this is what I love to do every day. And, you know, the role there was to obviously be an assistant manager and still keep managing the cocktail service. So it was perfect. So I took it and then it was 2019 and year seven. (laughs) Damn, seven years in from yeah. one working holiday. And I, you know what? <laughs> like, I packed up last year and I moved home. And, you know, I was only home like three months. 
and I was like, oh, I don't know if I've done the right thing here. <laughs> um, really? So it wouldn't surprise. You know, the way it's worked out right now with all this coronavirus stuff happening, I'm really happy that I'm here with my family because obviously, you know, being oh, for sure. over there, that was the hardest thing for me being in America was, you know, being so far from my family who I'm so close with. So to be here at this time is actually really great um, because – you know, if I was working in Vegas right now, I'd just be over there alone and doing nothing. So at least after seven years of being away, yeah. I'm now like seeing my family every day and spending some good time with them. So no matter what happens, oh, that's great. I decide to come back to Vegas next year. Like at least I've had this chunk of time to kind of make up for, you know, all the time mm-hmm. I missed. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they miss you. Do you talk to um, any people in management still? Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot over in Vegas because I, you know, and I'm sure everyone is in the same boat. When you, you go to Vegas and you work at one place, then you work at a second place, third place. And by the time you've been there a few years, you know people that work at every single venue because everyone, you know, goes off in their own direction. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely still in touch with yeah. managers over there. Okay, because I have two questions. First question is, uh, what do they think is going to happen with this? Like, is there a plan and reopening? Is oh. there a guess? Is it going to be uh, slower? I... I don't think anyone really knows. That's the truth of it. I don't think anyone really knows. Um, in my opinion, whenever the time, I mean, Australia's doing way better than America's doing right now in terms of, um, you know, that they say flattening the curve, but our number of new cases per day is like really, really low right now. We've only had like 70 deaths in the country. So we're probably, I think us in New Zealand are kind of, as in, in good a shape as anyone in the world and our government is still talking about not opening anything for at least another two months. Um, so, look, what? I don't know. I know that Trump's pretty – he wants to open things for the economy. He's pushing. But, They're pushing. you know, is it realistic? Because as soon as you open like, – here in Australia, the first thing to close were nightclubs. Uh, we don't have day clubs, but day clubs and nightclubs, same thing. So for us, like they pretty much said, yeah, don't expect to go to a nightclub till probably September um, because obviously, you know, you go to a nightclub and you're walking next to everybody. They're like, yeah, it's so jammed. It's like the worst place for something like that. <laughs> you know, like it's, if someone's infected and they walk through a yeah, nightclub, they can literally. infect the whole nightclub. So, I mean, for all my friends over in Vegas right now, I really hope that things pick up quickly. But realistically, I just don't see that happening i mean i don't know what it's like over there in terms of traveling and stuff but you know if i was living in florida probably oh yeah you know once restrictions started lifting the first thing on my to-do list probably wouldn't be fly to vegas and go to a party (laughs) so you know i think it's gonna yeah especially foreign travel that's the thing too because like right now if even let's just say i wanted to come into america i'm pretty sure i would have to quarantine for two weeks before i did anything so that would pretty much get rid of all of your foreign travelers coming Ooh. in. Um, we still have a travel ban here. Like if I left Australia right now and then tried to come back, I would be put in a hotel. Like when I arrived back in Australia, you know, putting people directly in hotels for two weeks, you're not allowed to leave the room. Whoa. Yeah. Like it's really, but that's been like a really good thing for us because most of our cases were being brought back from overseas. So that's definitely um, helped with the spread of it over here. But yeah, I just, I think right now it's probably too early to say, you know, every time I look, obviously I love America. 
I'm a citizen there now and I'm always in the back of my head thinking about coming back. But, you know, I Google all the info over there and it just, the numbers are still kind of growing. So it's just, I think everyone is going to have to be a little patient and just really, I think it's better to expect the worst case scenario as opposed to like, oh yeah, like some people thought they were going to be back to work on like the 1st of May. I'm like, you're, no, like it's just, that's not going to happen. Like if you yeah. think if, like mentally prepare maybe for August and then if it happens sooner, then that's a bonus. But I think it's going to be kind of tough. I, I almost feel like this whole pool season is a wipe, you know, unfortunately. I know. You know what? They need to give everybody IOUs <laughs> for the season. Because think about all the work that everybody I had know. to do yeah. to get hired, right? And then they got to work I one know, weekend. It's such a shame. So it's like, give everybody uh, the IOU card, the, next, the yeah. golden ticket for next year's passes. <laughs> like, hey, yeah. Because, I mean, imagine trying to stay in shape through this whole quarantine <laughs> and stay as tan, as bronze as everybody I know, you've got to keep up that look while you're at home in your sweats. It's tough. And they still expect you to learn the menu and stuff. It's like, <laughs> you're like well, we're yeah, not it must be yet. really strange over there right now. All right. So my second question, it's strange because so much of the city is yeah. dependent on exactly. people coming and going. And without any of that, it just yeah. seems desolate. And that's... But my second question for you, you've obviously listened to the other yeah. podcasts. Um, being a manager <laughs> in the chip pool. Yeah, it's a feisty little conversation <laughs> piece because you either you either dig it as a manager or you're like, ugh, these mother effers. Okay, so for me personally, I never had a problem with that because I was um, – I mean, I'm not going to say anything that I can't say. Like my structure at rehab was that I did get a certain cut of the auto gratuity. Um, I wasn't, but see, there's certain things as well, like with managers as opposed to supervisors. Like as a supervisor, I was entitled to that. Um, so I did get a cut of auto grat, which basically, and then I was on an hourly, it was a seasonal hourly position at rehab. Um, for my supervisor role. So I was on yeah mm-hmm. an hourly rate and then I would get the full, like a cut of autograph. So um, for me, money-wise, I didn't really take a pay cut. I just kind of made the same. Um, am I all for managers being in the tip pool? No, I'm all, I believe managers could be, should be compensated accordingly because obviously we're the ones running the operation. How we're compensated um, yeah, you know, there's there's good ways and bad ways for management compensation. So, the thing is at rehab, they never. I'm just trying to think. I think that's right. Our bigger managers, like our GM and AGM, I think they never used to be in the tip pool. And when they started to go into the tip pool, they didn't dig out of the staff's autograph what the director decided to do. And I think that was 2016. He he implemented that. He actually added, I think we had an 18% autograph on all of our checks at rehab at that time. So he actually made it 20. And so that top 2% that was added went to the managers. So we were still actually getting the same. So we were cool with that because it didn't Mm. affect our money at the time. Um, At Flamingo, it was a different setup. We, uh, the girl, Flamingo is different though too, because all the staff keep their own money. 
um, and they actually got rid of Autograt. But as managers, we make commission on Cabana rentals, so it's a bit of a different structure. Like I said, I'm. it's a bit of a fine line because, no, the managers probably shouldn't be dipping into, like, the staff's money, but they also shouldn't be working for 40 grand a year. You know what I mean? So companies do need to yeah with just good compensation you know ways of paying management i'll leave it at that i guess (laughs) perfect that was a good answer about the manager question oh yeah (laughs) because really it's not up to you the casino or whoever owns the company they should be paying the salary right (laughs) not they shouldn't be paying half of their salary and then have their employees pay the other half yeah exactly so ha Okay. How was it being in Las Vegas from another country and trying to date, like learning how to date and especially coming to America and then being placed in the industry? Um, so <laughs> I'm kind of weird. Like I don't really date much. I, oh, and that's, that's just that's me. Um, I'm just a really all or nothing person and I don't actually find dating enjoyable. <laughs> There's, I don't know. I find like most girls, you know, they're like, Oh, I'm dating this guy. And then three months later, Oh, I'm dating this guy. And I'm like, how do you like so many people? Cause I feel like <laughs> I meet like one guy every like three years I'm even interested in. <laughs> so for me, I honestly, I remember like the first, damn, I think the first two or three years in Vegas, I don't think I dated anyone I was just so consumed and having such a good time in my work and for me yeah unless I really met someone that I don't know just gave me that <laughs> chemical reaction inside that I really needed to like get to know this person mm-hmm. I was kind of like I've always been fine on my own I don't know if it's because I grew up as a tennis player and was so independent um I guess I'm just not like a needy kind of person mm-hmm. so yeah the first couple of years was like pretty uneventful I remember I think the hardest thing being in Vegas, it's not as an Australian being there because, like, for me, I was used to traveling the world playing tennis anyway, so I was used to meeting all kinds of different people. But I think the hardest thing for me personally being in Vegas is that it's such a transient town. And, you know, there were a couple of guys that I met over that seven-year period that I probably think would have I would have gelled with really well. But, you know, one of them lives in the UK and one of them lived on the, the East Coast. So I think that's probably the hardest part for me was that kind of aspect in terms of the industry you know we're all very for me personally I didn't really know anyone out well I have like one friend that's not in the industry he's a fireman he's like my best friend in Vegas um hi Art he's probably gonna listen to this um but (laughs) everyone (laughs) is in the industry so my social network was just all of my industry friends and looking back, like maybe that's on me. Like maybe I should have tried to branch out a little more and meet some different people. But um, yeah, the dating dating life was not great. <laughs> um, it is, you know. And I, look, I'm a very open person, and I won't go into the details. But the reason you that can, I actually, the, yeah, I don't really want to. <laughs> but the reason that I moved home. Uh, at the end of last year that I kind of packed up and left Vegas is because I got really, really played by someone and it was like oh shit, devastating. So um, In the industry? Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't want to go into it. It's, I'm not yeah, trying to like, whatever. He's a punk. Down, like, say anything, but that was just my personal experience. It was like the one person I really was serious about in a way that was so far beyond what I thought he would ever do. And it just like broke me. And I was like, so um, that's kind of what I was. I packed up oh. all my stuff and I was just like, if this place, this town sucks. Like, 
you know, blah, blah, blah. And it just really affected me that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, look, you know, I think probably because I am such an all or nothing person and it affected me more than it might have affected someone else, you know, we're all our own person. And I mean, you can probably hear my voice has even changed talking about it. <laughs> I can hear it. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I made a real emotional decision to move home. And then I kind of got home. And after a few months, I was like, damn, I really just resigned from my like dream job and moved all the way back to Australia. <laughs> um, Jeez. I should have put more thought into it, but I definitely needed to get out at the time. Like, and I needed to kind of be back with my family and just, you know, allow myself to move on from the situation. And you got to recover. Everybody's got their own way of, yeah, of exactly. Picking it back up, you know? Yeah. So, and that's the thing, like now being away from, all the mutual friends and like all the, everything that had everything to do with that. And I'm in a clear headspace and kind of, you know, over it all. Now I'm like, Oh, maybe I want to go back to Vegas. Maybe I didn't want to really, <laughs> um, because ooh, ooh, that's the one thing for anyone listening to this, that's in the industry, everyone's just, Oh yeah, I'm going to leave Vegas one day or like do this or that. But especially for me coming back, you really don't realize how great you have it until you leave. Um, oh, for sure. Like, dude, I used to work, I worked at a pool party. Like what? Yep. Like I was working <laughs> and I had a great team of girls and guys that I managed. And, you know, yes, it's professional, but we had so much fun. And, you know, at Go Pool last year, that was the first, working for Caesars, it was very corporate compared to working at the Hard Rock. And so that was different for me. I had to kind of, I don't want to say tone things down a little bit, but Anyone that knows my personality, like I'm pretty vibrant kind of person. And but even working in the corporate, in like a more corporate environment, it is still just such a great job. And I mean, Go Pool Day Club too. It's an amazing venue. It's like one of the most beautiful pools in the city, in my opinion. And the staff there were great. And so yeah, I've just I've come back and gone, wow, I really may have made a mistake, and maybe want to come back next season. <laughs> um, so we'll see. But I mean, the door is wide open for you, I'm sure. Look, I, I, I do believe I have a pretty good reputation over there. I worked very hard and, you know, I think as a manager, I was pretty well respected. So who knows, I guess after all this virus stuff happens and things get, whether they reopen this season or not, there may or may not be a manager opening at a pool. Like, I don't know. I'll definitely be, uh, I'll definitely be on the lookout, put it that way. <laughs> yeah. uh, you can't have people six feet apart in a day club. Social distancing. We can only book every second cabana in David. <laughs> yes, yes, seriously. Or how about we're only gonna book the cabanas and yeah. nobody else? The minimums all got raised. Yeah, and no one can actually get in the pool. Uh well, that's probably not too much of a problem. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, wow, that was, I mean, thanks for sharing that. I know that's not easy to talk about, but yeah. it's always interesting to hear people's honest opinion on, like, what it's like. And you're from somewhere else, so I'm sure coming to this place where it's so fucking The fast. one thing that I will add to that, though, is that people have good, like, it's not just Vegas. Like, Vegas is hard because of it being such a transient town. And I think, obviously, as for a girl and guy, like, there's so many hot people in Vegas. And I think that's a bit of an added pressure, too, because you know you're seeing a guy but every day everyone's like walking past thousands of hot girls and so like it's hot (laughs) but but what I will say is that it doesn't matter like I know amazing couples in Vegas that are super happy and it's just the person you know like there's good people and there's bad people there's super loyal people everywhere in the world there's players everywhere in the world like 
for me, I was like, yeah, oh, Vegas, absolutely. like, rah, rah, rah. But it's like, no, it's like, you can't blame Vegas for one experience, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. The fact that you still want to be here because of the work and the job, did that kind of dawn on you after a while? Yeah. Um, you mean like after I moved back? Yeah. Did you feel like you were ready to go back to work and wanted to go back to this work? Or was it kind of like, well, you're over the situation, but you're missing something and that something was being back? Yeah, I think for me, like, I never really felt like I, I didn't, I didn't. I felt like I, I didn't always feel like I fit in in Vegas. Um, I did. Always, what? Yeah, so it's weird. Like, I totally did, but I also didn't. <laughs> I get what you mean. Um, the only way I can explain that is that I definitely did in terms of, like, the social aspects and work and all of that. That's totally my element. But I just think for me as an individual that was raised in such, you know, in Sydney, just in such a different environment and I'm so family orientated and like there's just little things about me personally that I'm like oh I just don't really fit in here it's just a bit crazy but then it's like you also love the craziness you know yeah (laughs) Um, it's a double-edged sword but yeah for me I think the turning point for me was I'd come back here for a couple of months and it was you know I don't know if you're familiar some of the girls listening to this would be familiar with the Phoenix Open the golf tournament Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've in January. So, um, a lot of people go work. Yeah. Down there. So, I actually was like, you know what? I'm going to go back to Australia. I'm going to, because we have opposite seasons. So, over Christmas and stuff is our summer here. So, I was like, I'm just I've gonna never been. Enjoy time with my family and whatever. And then I'm going to go back and work the Phoenix Open. And that coincided with my birthday. So, I was like, I'll have my birthday in Vegas. And then I'll fly back to Sydney, like in February, and get on with my new life. But <laughs> when I flew back, and worked the Phoenix Open and then had my birthday in Vegas, I was really surprised. I thought that that dark cloud from the year before would still be kind of like hovering over a few of my thoughts there, but it didn't at all. And I was really happy about it. It, Like I was there and I just, everything I loved and every good memory was the only thing I was thinking about. Oh, that's cool. That's dope. Yeah. And I think that was the point then when I flew home and went, oh, maybe that wasn't the right thing. It sounds like you're very fortunate to be in a position that you can even jump back and forth. I, I know a lot of people that live here in Las Vegas that can't even get these jobs. <laughs> and you're like, uh, I'm going to go to Australia and back real quick. Yeah. No, I look, I am. I'm very, very fortunate um, with the ability to be able to be, I kind of like live in two of the best countries in the world, basically, and just choose whichever one I want to be in. Jeez. But, you know, you build your reputation too with people. I've never really let anyone down and I think that's a huge thing too if you go to work and you work hard and you do a good job and you're respected I you know there's always going to be a job for you because someone people I've worked for in Vegas there's probably you know five or six different venues that my old managers are working at that I know if I needed if I wanted to move back they'd be like oh yeah Lara like we'll find you something so you know if you do the right thing by people they're going to take care of you yeah it's I still work out there to this day yeah because I enjoy the people I work for yep and so it doesn't it seems almost too good yeah it does (laughs) like when I look back at all my managers and how supportive all of them were from from day one like from Nolan and then through to rehab to like Joe Jeff and then our new managers there Leo Joseph and then Steve taking me out of Flamingo like I have to pinch myself sometimes and I think wow these men have all been so loyal to me you know well, you do a really good job. It's not a, you do work hard and it is, it was easy to spot. And then I remember talking to you. I'm like, so well, like, how did you just come in here knowing what to do? And then <laughs> you explained that you were a tennis player, a, a, ten, a professional tennis player 
So then it was like, oh, well, this is probably the, you know, this is like fun for her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was. Yeah, yeah. And you could, that's what it kind of seemed like. But you're also, you got to be really good at it because you did uh, pretty solid in sales. Yeah. I, I mean, I just, I picked it up really easily. I don't know. I remember, remember Daniela Browning? Of course. Like she was our cocktail lead that year. Um, and I did a dancing machine. Yeah. <laughs> And I just remember, like, when I first started, yeah, I had no idea. I bluffed my way through everything. But, you know, I, I followed the girls. Don't we all? Yeah. I followed the girls for, like, a day, and then I was fine. And the funny – I remember – I'm such a perfectionist too, though. Um, and there was one day when at the Palms you had to print a duplicate. You'd close your own checks out, and then you had to print a duplicate receipt to put in the chit at the end of the day. And I remember this one day. There was one table, and I forgot to print the duplicate receipt for them. And Daniela came over to me and this is like probably like April or something like that. And I was like, oh my God, Danny, I really messed up. And she's like, oh God, what happened? And I go, I forgot to print the duplicates receipt for like Cabana Tune. And she started laughing. She's like, oh my God, Lara, God, I wish everyone thought that was a big mess up. And she's like, really? That's the worst <laughs> thing that you're going to do this season? Okay. And yeah, it was, it was kind of funny, but the rest is history. that's how I am though. Like, yeah, I picked it up really quickly and I just... You know, you learn on the job and I've always kind of been that person that I want to be the best at everything I do. So. And now you're running the joint. And now I'm running the town. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to ask you. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, actually, screw that. I want Before that. <laughs> crazy guest experience. Name, what about some celebrity or guest experiences that are memorable to you? Oh, okay. That ludicrous Justin Bieber one. I mean. Everybody needs to look that up. Just what should they Google? They need to Google rehab, ludicrous, Justin Bieber. And that's it. Those three words. Watch the first video that pops up. And I think you were working there. That yeah. Day? If, I think if you Google like rehab ludicrous, <laughs> the first thing that's probably going to come up is that big fight that went viral. <laughs> um, there we go. But yeah, I mean, if you Google some of the rehab days with the big artists, like, and you, you saw what it was like on a big day. I mean, those were the days that we all lived for, you know, that was so fun. That was so crazy. It's so I mean, you busy. know what it's like when you're just in the weeds all day, but it's so fun. <laughs> um, as long as nobody fights, yeah, it's exactly. all good. Um, and that's the thing too, like then, you know, stepping into management, they're the different things that you're like overseeing on those big days. You can, you, you start to get a sense of trouble, but as a manager on those kind of days, like, you're looking to solve the problem before it happens. So if you can see that there's an area that looks like it might get that way, then it's okay, security, like get straight over there because that's a big part of it is trying to put out fires before they even happen. But anyway, sorry, that was totally off track. Um, no, 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 that's perfect. Of, um, experiences, I'll probably do server versus manager. I think for me as a server, <laughs> I mean, I had really awesome experiences like I I can remember probably the most there's a few but one of the most memorable (laughs) for me just because I was you know the girl off the boat from Australia um 2013 Neo was my favorite artist and we had him one day at the Palms and I was in the three cabanas side of stage so I was so close to him and then I was one of the girls that was the first day I was the girl to spray the champagne off the stage and I was just like this is life. This is life. 
I'm getting paid. <laughs> all these people with champagne. Neo's behind me. Like, I got my photo, had a little chat. I was like, this is what it, like, why didn't I move here five years ago? <laughs> um, so I think it's just little experiences like that. I think for anyone working in the industry, if someone, like, their favourite artist is at the club, like, I think that's just a really special moment. Obviously, you get some, like, sure. weird moments too. We had, a, we had a swingers convention at the Palms. I think it was the second. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was the second. No, it was the first year. I think you were there. Yeah, because oh, Brad yeah. was there. I, he was my busser for both the days, I think. Um, yeah, so it, was, it got it was weird. That, yeah, and that was the weirdest. Like, out of the whole seven years, that was definitely the, the strangest thing, being asked to join people in their rooms and have sex with everybody in the stuff, uh, and you're just like um no you know deck i'm good but no thanks but you know what but so nice and you know the banter and everything you have with them but you know everyone you make your own boundaries but... uh, get, 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 get. we're trying to bang you <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's kind of awkward but, you do. but i just remember that was like the weirdest thing because they actually took over the pool for a day their whole that convention so yep it was like, wow, the public's not even allowed in. What's this going to be like? And, you know, you can imagine whatever you're imagining is probably clear. I was like. Yes, I was violated. <laughs> <laughs> no, not so much. I just saw a lot of things I didn't want to see. Yeah. Let's just say um, they were not practicing social <laughs> yeah. distancing. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So what about uh, a crazy thing you've seen as a manager? Um. As a manager, I mean, you see a lot of crazy things. Um, I think one of my favorite stories is, I can't remember what holiday weekend it was, but at rehab, we obviously had the main level downstairs, but when we were busy, we would open upstairs as well. So I just, (laughs) I remember, it's my favorite story. Um, Being a female manager as well, sometimes it's just a thing that happens, like you don't get that level of respect sometimes from certain guys um there was so i'm upstairs <laughs> they're drunk too yeah, exactly Oof. so i'm upstairs and this guy just basically starts peeing in a tree um in front of everybody you know just didn't want to go to the restroom line so of course the <laughs> one time i needed security they weren't anywhere to be seen like anywhere near me so i went to adjust uh, my radio channel and as i've looked down at my radio i looked back up and the guy he knew i was onto him and so he was discreetly trying to, like, get it away from me. Um, so I was like, oh, I know this guy's going to start running in a second. And so I'm radioing security and he starts running. I'm like, no, nope, that's it. I'm running after him. I'm like, I grab my radio. He starts running down the stairs. and Because I'm like, at that point, it's just disrespectful and I'm not – I don't like that. So I started chasing him down the stairs and halfway down, he fell <laughs> over and he tripped and, like, rolled all the way down to the bottom and then – tried to get himself back up and ran like <laughs> he ran another like 10 meters or so, but he literally kind of like ran into a security guard um, that I was going at. And oh. I just, it, it felt really good. I don't know. I just, I kind of felt like, <laughs> like stop that yeah, man. It was really fun. But I think as a met, like, you know, we're constantly just dealing with different things. You, it's really, it can be really difficult as a manager having to deal with certain guests. Most people are great, but then you get the odd ones that are like really rude or just not very understanding. So, but it's all part of the job. Like, and I think that's part of being a good manager is dealing with those situations the right way too. But you know what? Like, <laughs> if someone's just being rude, one of my favorite things to do as a manager is, you know, they ask your manager, you go over. 
And if they started swearing, if they were that angry at whatever situation was happening, that they would start swearing at me, I would put my hand in front of their face and I'd be like, okay, excuse me. Um, I'm more than happy to come and, you know, see what's going on and try and help you out, but please don't swear. And it was, it would just, I don't know. Like (laughs) it's kind of, it sounds, it sounds really strange, but sometimes in those situations you have to do that because they're on such a, they're so irritated and like you can tell they're going to get a little aggressive or whatever. So yeah, it's like about to escalate. And then it's like, if you can manage to, just make it light enough yeah. and serious that like, hey, we're not going to do it like yeah. that. I don't know. I think pick one of these questions or answer okay. both of them. Um, what, t- especially as a manager, do you have any uh, audition tips? Yeah. Okay. So, I, you know, I, especially this year, I think the auditions were really competitive. Um, probably the most. Well, yeah, like close the yeah. day club. Um... <laughs> <laughs> there come two hundred more people that are tr- that are have experience. Yeah that are trying to get their old exactly. jobs back. And, you know, I think a, a lot of people did reach out to me this year, even though I wasn't there just for, you know, those extra tips. But for me, the only advice I can give is look a hundred percent, like do not go to an audition 70%, go a hundred and make sure that you leave the panel with something like that, that they can remember you by make your, little you know you might get 30 seconds where you get to say hey my name is whatever this is my experience blah 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 make sure you're memorable to us because we go through so many people every day that unless there's something about you that really stands out then you're just a number so that's really on you there's just the two things be memorable and look amazing as best as you can in 30 seconds (laughs) yeah But like, and that, but that's back to what I was saying with my audition, my first ever one with Nolan. Like, I know no one went through that panel and was like, Nolan, I'm the annoying Australian. Like, it just, it kind of set the whole mood, <laughs> and it was like they were always going to remember that audition, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true, and that kind of like was a small showcase yeah, exactly. of your personality. Um, do you have like any, do they tell you guys the numbers of how many people audition in a year? Cause that would be a good thing to know. Um, I'd like citywide. Like, I mean, either citywide or between the pools that you worked at. Have you ever, do you ever know how many people total come in uh, audition? Exact number. I don't think we've, yeah. I mean, you don't but, have to be I exact mean, because, but, you know, when I was around. at rehab, I think we would, oh, I'm just trying to think because obviously it's, it's not just servers, it's like busers, bartenders, but, you know, every security, like hosts. Security, food runners. Yeah, I mean, it's, or, it's yeah. thousands. I can't, I'm, for the whole city, I just can't even, oof. yeah. Right? I'm trying to calculate. I don't know how many people. I remember one year at Beach Club, um, they had told us 12,000 people auditioned and they hired like 250 yeah, of us. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's probably a good thing to go by. Like, I think Wet Republican Encore Beach Club, you know, they probably do get those numbers and it's just, yeah, it is crazy because not many of them are going to get hired. But, you know, I, I know some really good servers who didn't get picked up anywhere this year just because it was so... They're exactly, running out of yeah. spots. And, you know, obviously there's probably some new little young ones coming up. And that's the thing, though. I, I feel yeah. like as you get older and the industry changes, that's where your work ethic and stuff really comes in because if you're working for someone and you've been really loyal to them and a great employee, they're going to rehire you. Um, whereas if you're the person that, um, you know, they called out four times in October when we were closing, cause they just couldn't be bothered coming to work. They're the things that managers remember when we're hiring for the next season. That makes sense. 
But also, I've seen people. Um, it's different for waitresses, I think. I think for like the bussers, bussers, it's that way. Like you can't assume anything. But for the waitresses, say you have a really good work ethic, but you're not really the top in sales, and then you start to get a little bit up there. You, I feel like it's a, it's scary to try again and again. I know a lot of people that didn't yeah. get the shot. This yeah, it's like whoa. Uh, they're they're yeah, really good at their I, yeah, job. Yeah, absolutely. I know a couple that are really good at their job, but but when it gets that's the thing, when it gets that competitive, you have to be on your A game in every aspect. So you know, you might think, oh yeah, you know, I'll be fine because I work. You know, my sales are great, and I'm a, a really hard worker. But if you showed up to auditions and your hair wasn't done and you looked sloppy, then why why am I going to hire you when I have all these girls here that are doing the most, you know, you like really have to, the yeah. most. but it's true. It's like, you have to, especially now because it is so competitive, you have to go in a hundred percent. You have to be good at everything. You have to look good. Your personality has to be good and you have to have a great work ethic. And if you don't, if you get hired based on your looks and personality and then you show up and you don't work well that season, you're not going to get hired back. Ooh. You heard it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and I mean, I'm actually you better like, be on your like shit. A super nice manager, but that's just the reality of it. You know, my girls work really hard for me, so I don't have to. There weren't many instances where I was, I felt let down. Oh, that's true. I know a lot of people um, would ask if, like, once they knew I knew you, I was like, yo, you definitely want to try to work there because if you can work for her i know that at least it'll yeah. be fair yeah. you'll get it'll be fair that's all you can ask for if it's fair and then um there were a, a couple of people i remember you had asked me about if they were good workers and that's like you hope managers do stuff like that do they reach out to the people that know them and say hey yeah, can i trust exactly. this person and you know i i do feel like in vegas that doesn't happen enough um it yeah, because yeah. there's been some, and look, I'm again, I would never say names, but there's some girls that have got jobs at really good clubs who I would never have rehired at rehab when I was there. And I'm like, wow, these people really never checked a reference. Like, because <laughs> if they did, this person would never have got this job. So, you know, again, this year I had a couple of managers from clubs ask me about some former staff, and it's great when they actually reach out because it might be someone that they had on the fence and I'm like, no, this guy's actually amazing. Like you need to hire him. And they're like, Oh, okay. And you know, really it is important because it's, it's make or break. Yeah. Just that one yeah. text message back. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Somebody's got a that job. Too, like we'd be in auditions and we go, Oh yeah. Well, and, and because there's like four managers say on panel and we've all worked at various places with different people. If someone's at auditions and says, Oh yeah, I used to work with so-and-so at this place. Usually there's one of us that know that person. So we just get on our phone right away if we liked them and go, hey, how is this person? Might write back and say, oh, yeah, she was great. Or they might write back and go, oh, no way. And then we go, oh, okay. <laughs> and we all have a laugh and go, meow, cross. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's, uh, I mean, it helps to know people, Absolutely, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. It's, yeah. Exactly. Have a good referral. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Because I think what I'm going to have to do is have you as my manager <laughs> correspondent. Manager correspondent. Yeah, when yeah, I have yeah. questions for managers, I'll have to call you back and and hear it okay. straight from the manager's I'll mouth. I'll be that person for you. <laughs> you know, everyone over there, I mean, we're all in the same boat. 
you know, I'm here in Australia. I've got the beach at least right now, but I'm still bored like you guys. I'm so, so jealous. You know, I think everyone's just got to hang in there. and I'm sure everybody misses you. Love soon, hopefully. I actually did get a text message during this conversation with you from one of my old manager friends over in Vegas who just was venting. She just vented to me and she's like, oh, they said they're not reopening Vegas anytime soon. And I don't know where she's heard, where she's just heard that, but oh. yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to be a rough year. Great. Like, you know, learn something, study, sign up to We're all in it together. online, start your side hustle. There's definitely things that you can do. I've already started doing something that I've always kind of wanted to do and never had the time to do. So you know, it's just an opportunity to, there's nothing anyone can do about it right now that works in the industry. So just look at other things and just, you know, make the most of the time because when things reopen, you're going to be working like crazy again. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Oh, thanks for coming yeah, on, Laura. That was, that was awesome. I got to have you back on now. I got to so think of more gonna, manager And now questions. like I'm going to hang up the phone and be like, <laughs> oh, wow, I really do miss Vegas. Ah. <laughs> uh, don't worry. We're exactly. Not, you're not and that's what's right keeping now. me, you know, peaceful back here. I'm like, well, no one else is doing anything over there anyway. So I'm not missing out right now. Do us all a favor and go to the <laughs> it beach. It is a nice day today. Yeah. And go wave to the ocean for us. <laughs> yeah. Because we can't. But thank you. Thanks, Evan. Um, all right. I appreciate I'll you coming you on. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. I told you that episode was dope. I'm excited, guys and gals. The next week is two really good interviews. We're going to have Micah coming up, but uh, he decided to get much, much, much more involved than just an interview. So we got some great segments and things coming up probably within a month. I don't want to put no time limit on it, but I think that's what's coming. Next week, we got Chrissy Garcia and Lena Beans. You don't even know. These two are like, come on, come on. You already know. If you don't know, you need to. And if you do know, then you know it's going down. Appreciate your time. Thanks so much. I'll catch you guys next week.